0: And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards.
1: Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. I'm your host, Cam Edwards, sitting at the kitchen table once again. And yes... Yes, I am joined by the one and the only Miss E. Thank you. By the way, you are a very popular girl. You know this, don't you?
2: I was going to say, why do I sound like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, you know, every week I, I get uh, emails and I get uh, tweets. And thank you very much for, uh, for sending those to me. Uh, except that they all say the same thing. We want more Miss E.
2: My mom said the same thing.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. And so do people who you've never met before. You have a lot of fans out there. Well, that's kind of cool. You have a fan right here, too. Well,
2: I know that. But, uh, no, that's really nice. That's kind of cool.
1: Well, I am glad that you are with us here. And um, as we are sitting here at the kitchen table, we've been talking about um, Joaquin, who is uh, not a farmhand, not a, uh, a pool boy for our above-ground pool. Uh, no, Joaquin is a storm that is threatening, perhaps threatening the East Coast. Uh, Joe Bastardi uh, up at uh, State College, Pennsylvania, great uh, meteorologist, says that he thinks it's going to veer and uh, and actually make landfall. But the other option, apparently the other models that are being shown show this going like way out to sea. So there's there's not a lot of in between here. Either it's going to be bad or it's not going to be anything at all.
2: Right. And that's kind of how it is with a hurricane anyway, because they're about as predictable as a toddler. As a matter of fact, some of the maps that I saw drawn to show the projected path mm-hmm. of it looked like some crazy crackhead little three year old got a hold of somebody's crayons and just started drawing crazy lines.
1: Right, I know. Yeah, it's just it's, it doesn't
2: make any sense. You know, here's
1: okay. So you've lived in Oklahoma.
2: Yes, I've lived through tornadoes and and
1: you've lived through hurricanes. Oh we've yeah, had I grew a up couple. In New Jersey, right?
2: We've, we've we had to run away from one when we were at our vacation one year in the Outer Banks.
1: Mm-hmm. So. What would you what do you prefer to deal with? Would you rather have to deal with tornado or a hurricane?
2: Hurricane. Cuz hurricane, you know it's coming. You just kind of unless you're right on the shore, you just have to make sure get your bread and milk, oh my god. Um and just you know make sure you 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 got you're batting down the hatches basically. But a tornado is capricious. Man, you it, it could be up in the air one minute and down on the ground. The next, it could be, you know, when I first moved to Oklahoma City, you told me, oh, no, honey, don't worry. Tornadoes <laughs> never come to the city. And then towards the end of us living there, they came right at us at one point.
1: <laughs> they did. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm drinking my uh, Not Your Father's Root Beer, uh, Ale with the Taste of Spices, which is a uh, grown-up root beer. I finally found an Alco Pop that I like. Yes. Uh, yes, and you're right. I, I, this was... The uh, May third tornado, I believe, uh, that ended up hitting more. When you live in Oklahoma City for more than twenty years, the tornadoes do ten- tend to like blend together. Um, but this was the storm that hit more Oklahoma, and at one point, it was on track to actually hit, hit the mall across the street
2: <laughs> where we were taking from shelter. the radio station.
1: <laughs> where I had told my wife and kids, hey, come here, you'll be safer here than at the house. And then I'm saying, oh, oh, look, there's a bullseye right across the street from us. You were not, uh, you were, this was your first, this should be noted, this was your first big this the, Actually, this was ninety eight. This wasn't two thousand three. That was no, ninety eight. This was
2: ninety eight because it was before Andrew. Because when ninety eight came, I had Andrew in a baby carry. I was wearing Andrew, and I had Mallory and Harrison in the bathtub in the innermost bathroom of our house with their bicycle helmets on, covered by all the quilts that we owned.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: But ninety eight, we were living. Um, not that far down the road, but you said come to the radio station, so we were down in the basement section and we are watching the TVs in the restaurant down there. And Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City weathermen were always so very helpful. They would put like little, they put the towns down in the row and the time where that tornado was going to come hit your town or location. And I remember looking at that thing and it said it was going to hit 50 Penn,
1: Penn F- Pen Pen Square, Pen Square Mall. Mall, right,
2: which was right across the street from 50 Penn Place mm-hmm. at 835. And I thought, well, bleep. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm 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 bleeped either way cuz it was a big wide 1 mile wide hurricane but it No, it, a tornado. Tornado. Um but we were lucky it turned left but we, the town it hit it wasn't lucky. I think it took out the whole town of Shamrock or some tiny little town in Oklahoma Ridge City. Bridge
1: Creek, I think was uh, 98 and then it just there was again there's just you know devastation and more.
2: But it missed I, I mean there are probably less people in those little tiny towns than there were in the mall.
1: I'm sure. But, so, you know, listen, either way... Um, either way, they're horrible. And I'd,
2: was, I'd rather not have to sit through a tornado. I, hurricane, you, you see them coming. You know they're coming. You just wait.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel differently. I yeah. think I'm going to go with... I'd rather deal with tornadoes because, again, you know, a mile-wide tornado is, is huge, right? A mile-wide hurricane... <laughs> it doesn't exist. You can you can theoretically That's true. get out of the way of a tornado, uh, and a tornado is much likely, uh, much less likely to hit your house than if a hurricane is coming down because an entire city is going to get affected. You know that an entire yeah. city's got to get impacted. Well, yeah,
2: look at um, Sandy Hook.
1: A Superstorm Sandy.
2: Yeah, the Superstorm Sandy that hit um, the, the North Jersey, New York City mm-hmm. part. And look at uh, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know about Joachim. Joachim, I don't know how tough he sounds, but.
1: I don't know. I mean, Joachim. Wasn't that a phoenix? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wasn't.
1: It was Johnny Cash. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Here's that crazy Roman Emperor and Gladiator.
2: Oh, he was crazy and gladiator. Anyway, but he was also that,
1: that pudgy little kid in Explorers. Do you remember that really bad science fiction movie? With yes!
2: the- oh, and you know
1: what? I take that back? That was River Phoenix.
2: Well, they looked a lot alike back then when they were little.
1: They did. Actually, I think, I don't know. I got to go back and look now. I thought he had a a, a a small role in Explorers. Anyway, whether or not he was in Explorers, I'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, he might be paying us a visit this weekend. So. We, uh, we'll be getting ready, um, right? We
2: don't don't need any pork or venison.
1: (laughs) No, but hopefully the, uh, hopefully the power stays on, because otherwise we're going to have a freezer full of pork and venison that will soon be thawed.
2: Well, now that our lines are underground, hopefully we'll be okay, but it's, it's out and about, so who knows? But yeah, the, the good thing is, is that they're so packed that they'll, they'll keep it, they'll keep it colder longer. Yeah. It's an empty freezer that you have to worry about.
1: Right. Well, yeah, this is a we've got a a packed freezer, thankfully, uh, because we do have a couple of hogs in there. And then uh, 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 Kyle, our technical director down at the Farmville studio for NRA News Cam and Company is uh, clearing out his freezer because deer season is upon us. So uh, last year's deer, he said, I'm just going to I'm not going to eat it because, you know, I'm getting some more deer. So do you want some venison? So we have a lot of venison. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Sorry, uh, in again. our freezer as well. We'll uh, we, we've got our these. canned goods. We will fill up our bathtubs. So we will have water. We kind of you know, the, this is really, I guess, the first hurricane that we have potentially had to deal with since we've moved to the 40 acres
2: because they're so inland.
1: Right. Um, But snowstorms, blizzards.
2: Well, I've been through them. So it's same thing. Make sure you have a lot of food because you can't get up the driveway. Mm. Just in case you lose power, make sure you fill up the bathtub so you can flush the toilets and have something to drink. Yeah.
1: Do you feel, I'm just out of curiosity, do you feel better prepared to face a natural disaster here? Or did you feel better prepared to face a natural disaster in the suburbs?
2: I think I'm better prepared here because I'm a lot more able now. I've figured out a lot more stuff, although I've always been handy. Um, but, uh, we, you know, worst comes to worst, I go chop down something and burn a big pile of wood in the yard and keep us warm somehow. But no, I, I, think, I think I like it here better.
1: I think I like it here better too. Now listen, okay. You and I are going to be silent for a second because I want to. I want to hear if we can pick this up on the microphone real quick. I might even have to move the microphone you might have down. To move the
2: microphone. This all is right, what I, I hear ap- I all day I apologize
1: for the the extra noise here, but uh, I'm just going to move the microphone down. That's the sound of our dog snoring at our feet right now. <laughs> and you hear that all day long The
2: fat little lap dog He's Yeah because both dogs Okay so my office is in what's sort of technically a, Would be called a solarium um, which is nice, because I have windows on uh, two sides of that my sound That sounds so fancy. In a corner. It's a, it's a room with big windows to let in extra <laughs> natural light. It's like, it's attached to our dining room. Yeah. But yeah. It, technically, what that's what it's called. It's a sunroom or a solarium. Okay. It's a room that the, its only purpose is to let more natural light in, because that's why we have all those windows in the corner. Mm. So that's where my office is, which is nice, because on a sunny day, I can sit there and just like be happy in the sunshine. Well, both dogs are just so enamored of me that they just... Even if Ruffy is not in his crate, he's behind my chair, um, and Bullet is in his crate, and on and off all day, they are just sawing dogs. <laughs> there is just... <laughs> I mean, seriously, they are loud snorers. And I just sit there sometimes giggling at my desk going, this is my weird life. You
1: have such rude office mates. I
2: do have very rude office mates. They, they <laughs> snore, they burp and fart, it's just... It's not. It's a little awkward. And then
1: sometimes. you just said You actually have to take them to the bathroom. Yes. Like you never had to escort your coworkers to the bathroom when you. No. When in, I worked in, in with an actual those, physical office. When I
2: had the when I when I worked with those two dudes in technical support, they might have burped and farted sometimes, but I never actually had to walk them to go
1: potty. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Liz, why don't we uh, step away for just a moment or two? Uh, as a matter of fact, it's time for me to say goodnight to the kids. So. Uh, When we come back, we will have much more of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Missy's going to stick around as well, and we'll be
0: back with more right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. New York City administrative judge ruled that Ronald Dillon should be suspended without pay for 30 days for twice talking in a robot voice. What is robot voice?
2: Robot, speaking in a monotone kind of area and talk, very like one-sided. Yeah,
0: Domo Arigato, by the way. <laughs> Mr. Robot, I this is the help test. The morning blaze with Doc and Skip, weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. We are back here on
1: 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. That was a really long commercial break, for us anyway. Hopefully (laughs) hopefully it was a normal uh, length of time for you, but uh, wow. Walk the dogs, put the kids to bed. Tonight's uh, bedtime story uh, so we go through the um, the Uncle John's bathroom readers. That's what we use as our bedtime reading material. So some nights, like last night, it was uh, uh, toy fads. Mm. Like the um, Chatty Cathy dolls was one of them.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember those. Uh,
1: Teddy Ruxpin was another. Um, the slap bracelets. I think you were, I remember the slap bracelets. Those uh, were like sixth grade for me.
2: I was too old for slap bracelets.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I was a little too old for like the Teddy Ruxpin Stuff. Teddy
2: Ruxpin would have been uh, our oldest. That would have been a toy that <laughs> she would have been.
1: 85 to 88 was when Teddy Ruxpin took she off. She was
2: in 86. She was born in 86. Okay,
1: so, and I was twelve, so I was we a little too old, too old right, for,
2: as a boy, to be playing with the donkey, <laughs> and we were way too poor to have a teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> so. Right, that was like seventy bucks. <laughs> yeah, there was no, and way it sold a teddy out, so you
1: weren't getting it for seventy bucks. You were getting it for like one hundred and fifty in the parking lot of right. the Toys R Us.
2: Yeah, not even Discount Harry's had uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff, and that was where I used to go to get all the Christmas presents for my kids because that was right in Pensacola, and I could take the bus up from Camden and and it would just hop right in, off in the parking lot. Discount Harry's. Discount Harry's. It is no longer there. Discount Harry's was a huge, huge discount toy store. Several floors, a couple of buildings. It's now a storage facility. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that when uh, last I was up in New Jersey a couple months ago. I was driving down Route 130, and I was like, aww. But that one cheap place to get clothes is still there and I can't remember the name of it but I was like oh my gosh I used to shop there all the time it's right before if you're heading down south in New Jersey it's on the northbound side so it's going to be on the left heading right before the airport circle it's that blank fat, it, was a, it was a clothing store but it was like all these really weird I don't even know where they got them from. Like
1: the off-brand names, it was like it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't Nike. It was like Nikeu.
2: Stuff like that, right? Exactly. Like the Red Box. <laughs> rows of clothes organized in women's clothes. Guess I got, what? Jeans, right? I got uh, skirts and dresses and clothes for the oldest and stuff for the the next down. I used to get uh, work clothes for me because they had plain blouses and skirts and you're like paying three bucks because, you know, they're all made in like the Philippines.
1: Okay, but so this, this was like late, that, uh, what was that?
2: Late 80s, early 90s.
1: There was a place um in Woodbridge, Virginia that we used to go to, Dave and Barry's, Stephen Berry's Stephen Barry's. Was it kind of like that then?
2: Uh Probably. And
1: like not TJ Maxx because it's like it's their own brand of clothing.
2: That's so going to bug me now. I'm so sure cheap. somebody's going to email you and tell you, it. oh yeah, it's the By the time we finish this forecast, it's going to just go blop in the side of my head. But yeah, that's still there. I I was really surprised the parking lot still had a lot of cars in it, so good for them. But we used to do a lot of shopping there. And right next to it, there was a fabric store. And I used to go there all the time because I could get uh, fabric for a dollar a yard. And I made all of the oldest summer clothes, shorts, cute shirts, little sundresses, because I was in college when she was little and I didn't have a lot of money. And so you could get a lot of little kids clothes out of a couple of yards of fabric and spend five bucks.
1: So you've always been handy. Like this is, this is something that people should know that this wasn't something that, you know, when we moved to the farm, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can do things. No, you've okay, known like, you can do like, things for a long okay, time. So, <laughs> so
2: when I was a kid, I'm the oldest of three children. I was the one putting everybody's Christmas presents together. <laughs> right uh, every job I've ever had if office furniture came in mm-hmm. I put it together I put together everything that needed to get to put together in our house as far as like most of the Ikea furniture and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and the things that need putting together um I've uh, my first car was a 1973 Cutlass Supreme, and I learned how to work on that all about you know using my hands. I've just always been mechanically inclined.
1: You get this from your father.
2: My dad, yeah. I mean, and I your dad's side the, of the family. I took apart the washing machine in, in Oklahoma City and I put it back together successfully. I Only electrocuted myself once. I took, <laughs> I, took the, I took the brakes. I changed your brakes in the car and just dropped the car on my leg. But your brakes. But I worked. was able to pull you out. Yeah, in you saved time. my life. So, yeah. but yeah, my dad's side. Uh, my, my dad's really handy my grandfather was really handy my uncle is super like my dad and my uncle build race cars my dad started racing when I was really young in um, um, modifieds big block modifieds and my, gran- uh, my uncle was always on the pit crew and my uncle used to build things all the time he used to build these really cool model airplanes that would fly and they lived in an apartment, so they used to come over to our house when I was a kid, because the elementary school had a big field behind it, and we just walk across the street and go to the field, and he would bring his airplanes, and we would watch him fly his airplanes. All oh, It was so cool. But yeah, all of my... That side of the family is crazy mechanically inclined.
1: Yeah, and you pick that up. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm not complaining... At all, I just find it funny because you know. So um, in a few weeks, the book "Heavy Lifting" is coming out. Um, uh, the authors are Jim Garrity and, in well, me. Uh, so it is available for pre-order now on Amazon.com and on uh, BarnesandNoble.com. And Jim, uh, we were having this conversation a couple of days ago about. You know, um, is is there going to be some criticism from uh, people on the left of, oh, behold, the patriarchy. Look at the modern face of patriarchy. And, you know, and, and I I could see how people might get that impression. Right. Like, I mean, I could I could talk tonight about, you know, when I came home. After a hard day's work, and my wife had prepared a wonderful dinner of meatloaf and spinach and uh, mashed sweet potatoes. And, you know, and and, and look, I mean, it's and that's fantastic. No it's, it, it is no lie. No, it's that's fantastic to be able to walk in the door and, <laughs> hey, honey, what's for dinner? And you've made dinner. Um, I don't view that as patriarchy because it's not like I'm keeping you down. The idea <laughs> of anybody keeping you down <laughs> short of an army. <laughs> Uh, is just kind of laughable to me.
2: Okay, so this is funny. So yesterday, uh, I'm in line at the local grocery store, picking up a couple of things. And I'm standing in line behind this dude, and he's he looks like and smells like an auto mechanic. Okay. My dad builds cars. I know what dies smell like. And he's got <laughs> he's got a nice tea. That's it, right? But he ends up getting a couple of cans of uh, chewing tobacco. He's got a debit card. Okay. It's nine bucks. His debit card gets declined for nine dollars. Mm. And he puts the iced tea back and it comes up seven and he's cool. And uh anyway he's 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 embarrassed, but his whole reason is well the daughter had a baby and he had to pay the hospital bill and he hadn't gotten paid yet. So that sort of just blew out his entire bank account. Right. Mm-hmm. And he showed me a picture of the baby and he said, uh, he told her she's not allowed to have another one till she's 40. Uh, <laughs> Cause hopefully he won't be around by then. But he did not seem that old. Cause he thought I was not old enough to remember a 1973 Cutlass Supreme because he has one and it's a show car. Oh wow. And we were talking, that's why the memory came up for cars. So anyway, uh, he's picking up his stuff and the woman starts ringing me through. And I said, "Give me that iced tea. Put it on my tab, right?" Uh-huh. So she brings it through and she hands it. She hands it to him. He says, "I can't take that." And she says, "No, you better. I'm afraid of her." <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and, and she's like this. She's an older woman. She, we're probably about actually. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I can't judge women's age because I I don't, I look at myself in the mirror and I don't look like I'm going to be 50 and people don't think I look like I'm going to be 50. So I, and I look at other women who are 50, I think, oh, okay. So maybe she's a little older than I am. Um, But anyway, she's a little, she's a little woman. She's kind of short too. She only comes up to my shoulder. Anyway, she says, no, you're going to take it because I'm a little afraid of her. And I said, you better be afraid of me. And all three of us just started laughing. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, no, dude, go have a drink. It's good. Thank you. Good. So, well, that was nice of you. Well, you know, it was a you know, buck 50. It was, it, I
1: mean, it completely is. It, it does not surprise me that you did that because that's the type of person that you are. But that was very nice of you.
2: Well, I've been that person who's had to count out her dimes and nickels, you know, buying something, hoping that your card doesn't get declined. And I was, you know... If I had to pay for by my, you know, I'm glad I wasn't the chewing tobacco I bought for. I wouldn't have bought the chewing tobacco (laughs) for him, by the way. But it was a drink, and he's a working dude. Right. That's all it was.
1: Well, that was sweet. Um, where were we? Where where did we get started with this segment? I I...
2: oh, because you're talking about how there's a. It's jokeable that you would be keeping me down and that uh, there's no way that this book is going to come across as like a ha, ha ha oh, look at the patriarchs keeping their women down because no one's going to keep this woman down. Yeah, you know
1: that. and that would apply to Jim's wife as well. That's, oh, yeah. That, you can learn more about that on his podcast uh, with Mickey White, The Jim and Mickey Show, which uh, is not available from the Blaze Radio Network, but uh, <clears throat> you can listen to it every now and then anyway. Um, anyway, I'm sure he'll be talking more about this, and we will uh, likely be talking more about the book which is uh, coming out October 26th or 27th, whatever that uh, uh, Tuesday as I believe that's when the other uh, new book releases come out. But you can pre order it now. And I would ask that's you. That's 27th because okay.
2: my birthday is the Wednesday before. Okay. So
1: thank you. I knew that. I knew when your birthday is.
2: Well, I was just doing the seven days plus so, and then minus a day. <laughs>
1: um, but you can pre order now. And I would ask you uh, if you have any interest whatsoever in uh, uh, reading heavy lifting. Grow up, get a job, settle down. Another manly advice. I think that's the uh, the final name of the title. Um, please do so because the the pre-orders count for our first week sales, and if we have good numbers, that uh, that helps us out and hopefully, you know, generates a little bit of momentum. So uh, it makes a great gift for Christmas. If you know any slacker kids, uh, slacker males out there, if you have a son or a grandson or a nephew or uh, just a neighbor kid that's still you know. No longer a neighbor kid, but now a neighbor adult who's still living on the couch in mom and dad's basement. This would be—you put that in their stocking for Christmas. <laughs> it would work well.
2: Because <laughs> it's it's amusing too. It's like it's not.
1: You should do this. Oh no, no, it's it's and it's definitely like you know here's where we screwed up it's and anti-total. and absolutely. It was interesting. We were uh, in a little bit of a Twitter conversation about this. Um, a, a guy said to me. Uh Well, yeah, get a job. Okay, 16% real unemployment rate, you know, whatever. To which I responded. And I do understand, actually, I talk about this in the book, that I understand exactly how difficult it is for millennials. And it is more difficult for millennials today than it was for me as a Generation X-er uh, in the, you know, mid-90s uh, when I was first, you You're know, a trying a to get it.
2: You're a Generation Xer Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Oh. I'm actually technically a baby boomer. I know. I'm like the... And what's really crazy is so are my parents. I know. That's how young my parents are.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Babies having babies.
2: Well, yeah, I know. Totally.
1: But (laughs) what's funny is... So here's what's really funny is that your parents are baby boomers and you are like the tail end of the baby boomers. Like your parents were really early on. Like they're just on the cusp, right? 44 and
2: 45.
1: And then you were just at the tail end.
2: 65.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, both of my parents were greatest generation... I know. And I am generation X. I
2: know. <laughs> that's that's why we get along so well cuz our it's so crazy.
1: It's really funny like the space-time continuum that exists within our family. Cuz
2: your dad is is physically My dad just old turned 89. Enough, right. And my dad is 71. So your dad is old enough to be my dad. <laughs> your dad is old enough to be my grandfather. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. And and I have my oldest daughter is 12 years younger than I am. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Right,
1: so it's all messed and up. And your
2: oldest sister is twenty eight years older than you are.
1: I know, which is even crazier. Uh,
2: right, it's yeah. This the whole. That's why we get along so well because we're like, our family tree looks like a bonsai <laughs> in three D. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Listen. Why don't we uh, take another time out? We'll give you uh, listening a moment to go and order Heavy Lifting by Jim Garrity and Cam Edwards. <clears throat> Uh, maybe two or three copies. And when we come back, we'll have more with Miss E. Sitting around the kitchen table here on a uh, the last peaceful night of the week, I think. The last non-rainy night. I'm not like Eddie Rabbit. I do not love rainy nights anymore.
2: But it was nice to see the sunshine today because it had been raining since Thursday. Oh,
1: it's fantastic. And it's it beautiful to see the sunshine. Yeah. All right. Stick around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up.
0: Right 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. What are the defining characteristics of the American left? is a complete, not just a lack of moral clarity, but an intentional destruction of moral clarity. It's not just that they don't understand what is more and what is not. They want to make sure that nobody else can tell either or that people lose their basic moral compass because then it's, of course, easier to control you. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Once again, coming to you from the kitchen
1: table on the 40 Acres, it is Cam Edwards and Miss E with me this evening. And uh, we talked on the last program where we were talking about the Friends of NRA dinner. It was a big week for Farmville last week, right? I mean, with the vice presidential debate being announced and then uh, it was the Friends of NRA dinner and, oh, and the five county fair. all in one week.
2: Wow, yeah. That's
1: huge. That's,
2: that's, it's huge for Farmville. (laughs) Right?
1: Uh, And we, we discussed the fact that the fair was a little, was a lot, meh.
2: Well, okay, so... It just, I mean... To be, okay, so, but, but to be honest, like, um... You, it's five counties. Right. So you kind of have kind of high expectations. Right, because not
1: just one county fair. No, it's
2: five counties supposedly participating. <laughs> but it's just five counties putting in their really sad crochet pieces or their homemade <laughs> things and their cookies and jams and jellies and stuff. Um, but it's not actually five counties of deliciousness. But we used to go to the Oklahoma State Fair, the great yeah, state fair This was really fair like last
1: week's episode oklahoma. just so you know yeah i mean right. you can
2: but i'm just saying like in comparison <laughs> the food
1: to this oh 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 come on there is there is there is no, no comparison. comparison
2: so it's not even that comparison but i did i tell you my my friend in oklahoma sent me a link oklahoma state fair has an app you can download to find the food at the fair and based upon like the sub-genres but one of them was steak. oh oh the fuck you can get
1: steak. oh wow <laughs>
2: I was channeling my Jeff Dunham. Before. My little chilly dude, you know? <laughs> yes, He's, okay. I know. I know what you were doing. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it I'm just reminded me of him, and I was just like, oh, look at that. But yeah, some of the things, though, like um, we were talking the other day about the bacon bubble. Mm-hmm. It's gonna blow up all over the place because there's so many like. Well, tell people what the bacon bubble is. Bacon bubble is there. Are, right now, there are so many food items coming out that are that are bacon centric, like the the bacon vodka and the bacon wrapped. Hot dogs and uh, the bacon cheeseburger, or the the ultra ones. bacon flavored marshmallows, the bacon flavored everything. <laughs> um, they had bacon bacon wrapped corn dogs, bacon wrapped turkey legs, bacon wrapped deep fried Twinkies. Like these were the things that were deep fried and on a stick at the fair. And I and there was like when I caught a glimpse at the list on a on my seventeen inch wide computer. It there? It looked like fifteen to ten things had bacon in the name, like bacon and apple caramel funnel cakes. Like it, but so the, the so we were talking about how it's there's so many things that people are gonna get sick of it and right. the bacon bubble is gonna burst. Yes, and that's where I yeah that's what I was talking about it was like the bacon bubble is gonna burst all over Oklahoma State Fair by next year. <laughs> I don't think anybody's gonna put up with that much bacon. I don't know i i the
1: here's the thing the bacon bubble has been building puts well, a lot of bees the, <laughs> for uh for for quite some time now so I, I don't know I mean look here's the other thing so the reason why Missy e and I were talking about the bacon bubble is I had read an article about the alpaca bubble mm. uh in small farming and how the alpacas um, have gone from you know the crazy prices of like eighty thousand dollars for a breeding pair to now less than ten thousand dollars for a breeding pair, uh, and there are a lot of small farmers around the country, including some people who were you know retirees, and this was supposed to be their 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 investment uh, for you know the rest of their life was going to be raising alpacas, and as it turns out there really isn't as much of a market for American alpaca as you would think because there are a gajillion alpacas in Peru. And it is cheaper, cheaper to go ahead and get the alpaca wool from Peru than it is to raise the alpacas here in the United States and charge out the wazoo for a skein of alpaca yarn.
2: And it's hard to... to I'm, I knit. And so I, I I look at these sorts of things and I think, Oh, look, should I be helping that poor little alpaca farmer in Peru make a couple of dollars to live? Or should I be helping that kind of rich alpaca farmer outside of Northern Virginia who's selling their wool for 10 times more? Well, I mean, but here's the
1: thing. I don't even necessarily know that it's someone who's sort of rich outside of Virginia anymore. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it may be more local versus, I mean, look, compared to the, compared to the guy in Peru Uh, Yes, the the alpaca farmer is better off in northern Virginia compared to the average uh, government employee working inside the beltway in northern Virginia. Probably not as as good, depending well, on the.
2: They bought an eighty thousand dollar breeding pair. They had some money. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's not worth eighty thousand dollars anymore. No, so, but they
2: had it to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like okay, those, but that doesn't. But
1: again, the if the it's Peruvians
2: lost, aren't but if it's that lost, on,
1: if if they've lost their investment, then they're no longer almost rich. No. They're now almost broke. So I don't I don't think that is necessarily uh, well. I got to help the uh, the poor Peruvian because they're in worse shape than the farmer in Northern Virginia who may have made a bad investment, um, but you know what? You and I didn't know squat when we started doing this stuff. We tried to prepare, but you know, we bought American guinea hogs, and we just had this conversation this week about, I don't know if we're going to keep doing American guinea hogs.
2: It's a lot of fat and a lot, a lot of meat. Right? Right. I've seen the bacon of the Tamworth, and I think I am converted. I
1: mean, this is one of the things about, uh, the name of the show is 40 Acres and a the Fool. There is a learning curve. I don't, I, and I think it's a, it's a, a Certainly for me, it was a steep learning curve. And it's still, I mean, I'm still on the uphill slope here. There are still things that I'm learning about, but including ag bubbles.
2: Because I knew how to butcher a chicken. I mean, I read a book (laughs) and put my knowledge to practice.
1: Right. But ag bubbles are one of these things that I hadn't really thought about until I read about the alpacas. And then it got me thinking about the emus. Uh, And when I was first starting out as a reporter... Um, we, I was a health producer. This was even before I was a a reporter, I was producing health segments. And this was about the time that emu oil was taking off.
2: And it was the, what's that word? I'm going to pronounce it wrong. The pen, penis, panacea, panacea, whatever. Panacea. Panacea. Uh Uh-huh. I know how to spell it because I always get it right (laughs) in Scrabble, but I can never (laughs) say it. It's like the first time I said Epitome, and I went. Ooh, that should have been epitome, right?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> or when I was reading the audio, uh, the uh, the Odyssey in my uh, freshman high school English class, and uh, said Penelope. Oh. And uh, and my teacher's name is actually Penelope, and she did not find that amusing at all. But yes, uh, yeah. panacea. Panacea. And, and so, so I remember going out to an emu farm. I, I uh, and I bet that, that emu farm is not owned by the same guy who owned that emu farm way back when. You know there there are ag bubbles, so I don't know if 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 a bacon bubble uh, is for real. But you think you think so? You think, think at some point the bacon just, fad is going to come to an end? I
2: think the bacon with everything you eat fad is going to come to an end. I don't think good bacon will ever come to an end.
1: What replaces the bacon fad? This is where we got to start thinking. See, right? Because this is where we could ride that wave and then just hop off.
2: I don't know, because I'm never right on the colors when those the marketing people come up with the, ooh, this is going to be the color next year. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'd never pick that in my house. Yeah, no, I don't know. Kelly Green one year. It's like, where are you going with that?
1: You think goat's next?
2: Uh, I'm actually, I would be surprised. There are a lot of people that are pushing for goat meat to be more recognized as something that's a viable, cheap, and yummy thing to eat. Unfortunately... Uh, people have negative connotations about goats, but in 65% of the... No, I've got this... I'm, I'm saying the statistic wrong. Let me say this again. 65% of all milk consumed in the entire world is goat's milk. Hmm. And in, a, in everywhere but the United States, goat is actually on the menu as a meat product. Right. But then again, in some places, so is horse, and we have an issue with that here, too. Like... I, it tastes like elk, I've read and heard, but you're not going to find horse meat in a butcher shop around here. But mm. you have it in France, and you have it in Canada, and you have it in a lot of European countries. Right. But that's the thing about goats, too. It's like, you don't – it's not a thing here. And it should be more because it's really lean. It's got a – it doesn't taste um, like people gamey. say gamey or or lamby. Like people say there's a something to lamb like – The people who like milder flavored meats, like that they don't like the lamb, love the goat. And to me, goat is a little like chicken meets venison. Like it's Mm. not as strong as venison because ours are all, you know, corn and grain and whatever fed. So they have a a pretty steady diet in, in addition to the forage. Um, but it's a nice lean meat. Like, you know, we we butchered a goat this year and we made gyros out of it.
1: Yeah, and that was really good. I mean, we I think we had an episode where we were discussing the, uh, the yeah, gyro meat.
2: I'll be doing that again.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe this fall, actually, <clears throat> yep, like yep. before winter comes because gyros are delicious in the winter. Oh,
2: yeah, they are terribly delicious <sighs> in the winter. And I still have all the little ribs so we can have grilled ribs.
1: Oh, wow. Well, can we do goat pot pie? you think? Oh,
2: we still have to do the rabbit.
1: Oh, that's right. We do have rabbit in the freezer.
2: Yeah, we bought it at the farmer's market. We totally have to do that. Yeah. It's another thing we should think about. What's that? Raising meat rabbits. They're just too damn cute to kill. See? (laughs) I mean, seriously, I don't have a problem killing chickens. And I went ahead and killed the goat. And I done the hogs. But bunny rabbits. Man, seriously, they're like Oh, I mean, yeah, they um, they're, they're so cute. They I know. Really are just cute.
1: Everybody's got their line.
2: I can't. I gotta draw the line. See, here's rabbits. the thing. And My this uncle is did okay, bunny rabbits. Okay, but see,
1: th- and this is what separates um, you from the animal rights activist. Well, one of the many things,
2: because huh, <laughs> okay, your love of steak
1: also separates you from the animal rights activist. But but so so you have a line. Right where you're like, I can't kill the cute little bunny, no, I just can't, bunny I rabbit. Can't, I can you, you could buy it, but you couldn't do it.
2: Right. I'll buy it.
1: Uh, and there are, I, but there are some animal rights I who say, "Well, that's so hypocritical of you, Missy." Because,
2: because no, I like, I like cow, but I don't want to have one to raise it because it's big and it's a lot eats a lot. But I just, I'd like to eat steak too. So mm-hmm. no, I like meat. But there's some things that are just not also practical to keep either. Like I, if I can't. Look at a bunny and kill it, then I, I can't keep it here to eat. I can right. sport I can sport the bunny farmer, but <laughs> I just I can't do it here. I I I probably couldn't raise little birds to eat either, because it would be kinda weird. But
1: what what kind
2: of little birds? The ones that you're supposed to cover your face with a kerchief before you eat them. What? Didn't you never hear about this? It's something in France. No. I don't it's one of those forbidden foods that you're not allowed to eat. So They'll, I don't even know if it's like a it's like a sparrow or something weird it's like a tiny little bird but they they, you, they literally cover your face with a napkin while you eat this little tiny bird
1: that is just bizarre
2: you can check me on it
1: I know I don't doubt you
2: I just can't remember what the bird is okay like when we sure no just, I don't know if that's tweety? right Tweety no it's not Tweety <laughs> <laughs> of course you have to accent <laughs> Anyway, yeah, weird random, random. but yeah, my line is bunnies because they're just too cute. However, I will eat bunnies, and if people want to give me the bunny furs to turn into nice leather fur-lined mittens or shoes, Mm -hmm. I would totally, totally get in on that trade action.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this, though. You say that you would not raise rabbits to eat for meat
2: because well, I had to kill them myself. I, under, them.
1: I understand.
2: Okay.
1: I understand. But when you see rabbits in our garden, you I take a shot at them. at them, right?
2: No, I throw rocks at them.
1: You throw rocks at the bugs? Yeah,
2: because they're not, they're just eating stuff in the garden. They're not trying to eat my chickens. The things I shoot at are the foxes. And if the, the coyotes, rabbits
1: ever start trying to eat the chickens, then they we are, are hosed. really well, we're <laughs> totally hosed.
2: Anyway, yeah, if rabbits start to go after the chickens, it's uh, Armageddon. Cats and dogs are gonna start flying, falling out of the sky. Cracks are going to open up. The, the, the devil's going to be When I was a kid, I read here. the book
1: *Bonicula* about the vampire bunny. So, well, right? There you go.
2: So, it's going to be like another end time thing. Oh, the bunny I, rabbit started eating my chickens. I we're, think we're I just a, figured
1: out what happened to that to rooster.
2: <laughs> that first one?
1: <laughs> Jay that we found there in the garden. No. Vampire bunnies.
2: I still think Jay was snatched up by something and dropped. Because pro- the the coyotes and the foxes go right for their necks to break their necks
1: man i just made a joke and then you just went like totally serious with like no here's how coyotes kill chickens
2: <laughs> i'm sorry uh, it's okay it's all right
1: why don't we take a quick time out we'll reset uh we uh, also have to to uh help our youngest son here get a midnight little snack. little midnight snack uh stick around we've got one more segment of 40 acres and a fool from the kitchen table this week miss e cam edwards on the blaze radio network
0: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. Always question yourself the most then question others but if people make you question yourself then we can be thankful for them even if they do it in ways that are unpleasant it's been said before and i'll say it again it is the speech that we most disagree with that we have to fight most passionately to protect america wk saturdays 10 a.m to noon on the blaze radio network 40 acres and a fool with cam edwards returns now on the blaze radio network Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network.
1: I'm Cam Edwards.
2: Foreman Mills.
1: What? I'm sorry, what?
2: Foreman Mills. Remember I said that place that I used to shop at that was in Camden, Pensauken? Uh-huh. I couldn't remember the name, and I said I'd get it before the end of we were doing this. Yes. It hit me. It's Foreman Mills.
1: Foreman Mills. All right, there's the name of the store. So if you're looking for low-priced clothing... Really cheap. ...in Pensauken.
2: Or Camden. It's somewhere (sighs) in the border. It's near the airport circle.
1: If, if, by the way, if you're, if you're listening from the Pinsock in Camden area, I would I would love to hear from you. Um, and speaking of, we actually do have some emails to get to. <laughs> I just have to pull up my phone here because our satellite Internet has uh, <clears> a <throat> house. It's the end of the month and uh, it's running really slow. So here we go. Checking my phone. Uh, Tiffany writing in from Oregon. Uh, first of all, with some uh, pronunciation help, say. All right. She says, try saying till you muck quickly for. Tillamook, like Tillamook. Till Tillamook? Tillamook, I think. Tillamook. And uh, for uh, Willamette, I think it's, she says Will-A as an apple, like A, and then a Met for will amet. So Willamette. will amet. met
2: will a will will will
1: Willamette
2: yeah, or willam.
1: I'm just gonna have to go Willamette. out to Oregon, I think, Tiffany, and just hang out and just listen to people pronounce names in order for me to get this right. She says don't cr-, she says I don't cringe. I know you don't know this area, and there's stuff in the East that I have no clue how to say. Um Tiffany also uh, wrote in uh, to talk about fairs. She says by the way, that she loves the show and because of Ms. E, I want to get goats and make cheese.
2: <gasps> awesome, get a sainin. They're awesome. For goats. Yeah, because they're not too big. And our seinen gives in full milk about a gallon a day milk twice a day. Yeah. That's a lot of milk for a goat.
1: Uh, Yes, it is. Uh, And Tiffany says, as far as the fare, best part is the food. Of course, elephant ears and those really, really greasy, curly fries. She says, even though as I get older, I pay for it. I must have it if I have the opportunity.
2: That's kind of funny because we had the the crazy shredded little skinny fries and mm-hmm. a, a kind of over fried. It was an overfried ear,
1: ear. elephant ear. It, it was, was a, crunchy. It it, 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 it
2: it was an elephant ear.
1: It, yeah, but it needed to be chewier. I thought.
2: They made it very thin. It should not have been that thin. Yeah. I saw when they threw the dough. Because
1: it's just... more of a puffed dough. It's almost like a...
2: Indian fry bread.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah.
2: yeah. Then now we've just made everybody in Oklahoma go, oh, okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> Tiff says, uh, I love seeing the animals and checking out the baking and cooking competition winners, of course, while eating the uh, artery-hardening food. And back in the day, she says, my dad and I could spend hours and hours repeatedly riding the bumper cars. <laughs>
2: bumper
1: cars no we didn't have bumper cars at, at the oklahoma state fair either that i remember we had them um at at the uh, frontier city amusement park uh and at spring lake amusement park and king's Dominion. Uh, and when i was uh, a, a a wee lad um there was a, a an arcade in the in crossroads mall in oklahoma city it was Le Mans, uh let you go Le Mans arcade. Mall? <laughs> I would go with my mom. Okay. I was like, I'm talking like I was like five, no, six. I, that was way back, right? And uh, and they actually had in the arcade, they had bumper cars really? in the mall. Yeah,
2: you know, there's an indoor go karting place in Midlothian,
1: outside of Richmond.
2: Outside of Richmond, I've driven past and went, huh? Look at that indoor go karts.
1: Well, we might have to. Uh, That'd
2: be a winter thing, but it's an hour. Well, yeah. And then, you know, it's going into the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not as bad as going up 95 North, man. The closer I get to D.C., the more my my I just start grinding my teeth. And it's not even like something I'm trying to do. Anyway, any more mail?
1: Uh, yes, indeed, actually. Our uh, near neighbors, John... Uh, And Felicity wrote in uh, John says the last podcast with you and Missy And the refrigerators and the sausage fest was quite funny You two are a great team (laughs) Uh, And he says now something podcasty to ponder Veggies ain't worth the effort Now that is a podcasty thing to ponder John. John says don't get me wrong I love to garden and I love me some veg But it is a bit of a luxury In that it doesn't produce the calories for the effort Raising meat on the other hand does That's true. Similarly, cutting your own firewood is worth it. Maybe potatoes in a small grain patch are worth the effort. An orchard or other permaculture, such as nut trees and berries, yes, they may be worth the effort as well. John says, I like to think about the energy balance of homesteading as I sit here at work at my computer not working on the homestead. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: how I do it, because I'm working from home.
1: Right. And um, uh, John says, ignoring quality of life aspects, I think that you are winning when you are getting more calories out of your homestead than you put in. John oh. says, I've never achieved that state.
2: I like that idea. That's but I the just, goal. I like tomatoes. And, and, you know, ever since last year when I made that fermented hot pepper sauce, man, I've been there's been a little bit of pressure. Uh,
1: yeah. From people in the area that like right? love
2: that batch that I made, like. On a whim, <laughs> and now I'm supposed to like recreate the awesome.
1: Well, we've got some some friends, Jimmy and Zach, uh, down in Farmville, and and I gave Jimmy a bottle of this hot sauce, and and Jimmy likes hot sauce, which is why I gave this to him.
2: They were doing shots of hot sauce. They were
1: that doing. They, they were drinking it good out it of the bottle.
2: I was like, "You're crazy, man! How could you drink drink that? That's hot. It's there's 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 like." seven or eight hot peppers in there there's a couple of sweet peppers for body it's fermented for as long as i feel like fermenting it like the last time i checked i had one bottle and it was 47 weeks and that's that's been at least a month so that's probably a year fermenting and then i've got stuff that started in august it's like every single time i pick a peck of pick book pick 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 a peck of peppers (laughs)
1: you pickle them i pickle them (laughs) (laughs) So how many pecks of pickled peppers do we have?
2: Nicely done. Thank you. I don't actually know how many pecks. I have uh, 13 quart jars and two half-gallon jars of fermenting hot, sweet, mostly hot, some sweet peppers with a lot of globes of garlic.
1: Okay. And they can just go for as long as you want.
2: Yeah, because it's just going to get more mellowed and there's going to get there. The the cell walls are going to get more degraded so mm-hmm. the, it'll be softer mm-hmm. when you go ahead and throw it to the food processor. Cause the, the hot sauce I made last year was not like a Tabasco, which was like, would be a thin thinner red sauce, sort of like homogenous. Mine was sort of like a Sriracha, but with a little bit more texture, I think.
1: I didn't think it was as thick as sriracha.
2: Maybe not as thick as sriracha. It was vinegar, but there was I, texture. It was, it was
1: almost like, to me, like I would have described it as a... In terms of texture, just texture, yeah. not, not taste. But a chunky Texas peat.
2: Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah, it was chunky. It was not, but not, not, not chunky, but, but just... It was ground up fine, but there was there definitely stuff there. were little bits. Like, there. it wasn't,
1: yeah, but it wasn't thin. No,
2: I didn't, I did not um, strain the seeds and the skins out at all. I yeah. left it all in there. I left. So I, it was
1: almost, it almost had like a little bit of a salsa, uh, but a, uh, but a, uh, like a, eh. Like the
2: finely ground pepper sauce that they, like, like if you took peppers and put them in a mojito, the, the mojito, uh-huh. grind them. It's that kind of a texture. It's like a ground-up, fine, but still present thing. But like I said, yeah, bright. So anyway, the longer you let it go, the more the cell walls break down and the softer the skins get. So the older jars are going to be softer. The younger jars are going to be a little bit crunchier. And you, we're, everything's going to get blended together.
1: Um. And then it's going to be the mother sauce. So will this be distributed for Christmas presents, you think?
2: Uh, probably. Or party favors, maybe. <laughs> but that's a lot of pressure because now I'm only, you know. I was
1: going to say, the uh, the big birthday party gets closer and closer.
2: It does. It's zakuskas.
1: Zakuskas.
2: No, there's not you putting in an extra Z. Oh. Za mm-hmm. kuskas.
1: Za kuskas. There
2: you go. Uh, it's just Russian appetizers. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of cool because I've been, I have a ham and brine and I smoked that kibasi. I have made several types of pickles, including two different types of pickled beets, and so I've got that sort of thing covered. I'm going to make sidik, which I only ever make for Easter, but I think it would be fantastic with caviar. I'm going to make sidik is
1: an egg cheese by citic the way. Sidik
2: is yeah Ukrainian egg cheese is the weirdest thing. It's like a it's like if you could imagine a hard boiled scrambled egg.
1: Yeah, that's probably a pretty good way to put in it, and it's C I D I C, right? That's I, how you spell I it? have
2: no idea. We, I always spelled it C Y D I K. Oh, okay. Because it's it's a Ukrainian word that's been passed down. Down. I don't know how long.
1: You can look it up under uh, Ukrainian egg cheese,
2: probably. And uh, it, but it's not pasca, which is like bread. Yeah. Um, but in Russian, it's a it's an egg cheese. <laughs> that's where it's confusing. Russian paska is a like a farmer's cheese uh-huh. with sweeten sweet things pressed into a mold and then eaten, whereas paska Polish and Ukrainian is the bread with the with the braided cross over the top. Okay, so it gets a little confusing when you're trying to look for food groups and they're all different, same name but different, way different things. Absolutely. Anyway, so it's going to be all kinds of yummies uh, that I grew up with my Ukrainian family and my Polish bits, and then the things I want to try. And caviar and vodka and little glasses.
1: And that'll be a good birthday for you. It's
2: going to be an awesome birthday.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm going to do my best to make it an awesome birthday for you. And I know that you will be doing your best to uh, make it an awesome birthday.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm taking the day off before just for cooking. Wow. Mm.
1: Nice. I'm so lucky. See, it's your birthday. And yet, I get to benefit from the party, too.
2: Well, that's because I... I love to show my love in food, and I want to treat myself, too, and I want to show off a little bit.
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Me All too. right. Listen, it's getting late. We have to be up early.
2: Yeah, it's a school day. I have day. to walk
1: a dog, and bullets passed out at our feet, <laughs> and you're yawning. Yeah. All right. Thank you. For tuning in to another edition of Forty Acres and a Fool, and it's thank fun. you, Miss E, for hanging out.
2: Oh yeah, this was fun. I will have to try to make uh, more time in my schedule, but sometimes you're not home when you're doing these, so.
1: No, I know. Well, we try to yeah. fit it in when we can. I will. I will say this um, next week. If you have specific questions for Miss E on goat cheese, on hot sauce, on living in Camden, whatever, I'm going <laughs> to volu- I'm just going to volunteer you. <laughs> Uh, You can go ahead and send me an email. Uh, It is 40acrefool at gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. And we will uh, ask Miss E. I'll get to interview you next week. How about we do that?
2: Well, you are a good interviewer. And then
1: you can interview me about the new book.
2: I can do that. We can
1: do that, too. Yeah. Turnabout's fair play, after all.
2: Give me the questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Until we uh, speak again... Well, first of all, don't forget, uh, there is NRA News Cam and Company each and every weekday live at 2 p.m. Eastern on NRAnews.com. Midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific on Sirius X and Patriot 125. On demand all the time on iHeartRadio and through iTunes as well. But until we meet here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you here soon on 40 Acres and a Fool. (laughs)
0: You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.